Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome, everyone. My name is Christopher Pollard, and I'm from Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory Zori of 88.9, a Radio Milwaukee station. Yeah, absolutely, and this is Cinnabuds. And this week on Cinnabuds, we're talking about the film Meet Me in the Bathroom. Rock and roll, man. Being a woman fronting a rock band, I was sensationalized. There was a lot of tension in the studio. He said, you really don't want people to hear this. But I've lived in fear my whole life, and I had nothing to lose. You could feel the love from the community. You could fail, and it didn't matter. It was about freedom. It became her home. Those years were the big bang of my life. Meet Me in the Bathroom is a new documentary from Will Lovelace and Dylan Southern, who I believe they did the LCD, the other LCD sound system documentary. Yes. Called Only Play the Hits or Shut Up and Play the Hits. Shut Up and Play the Hits. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us a bit about what this is about? I do. So this documentary really kind of focuses on a five, six year period from 1999 to 2005-ish. And the lack of a music scene in New York City, one of the best music cities in the world, and the bands that kind of changed that narrative. Starting off, I think the first 10 minutes were introduced to Moldy Peaches, Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, and then the Strokes, who really were the first band to kind of start making it big. But this archival footage that the filmmakers found is incredible. I've never seen any of this footage of all these bands so young just starting out. Like, they were nothing when the footage came out, and now most of the bands in this film are still making music too. Yeah, absolutely. So, and really, like, what that revolution in New York City, like, why did that happen in this pocket of New York, and then how that spread to the rest of the world? It was really great to see that old footage, because I was familiar with, I'd say, I'd say a little bit more than half of these bands. There's a few I'd never heard of. And there was a couple that I'm really, like, I love the yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to see them. It is so interesting, and I've thought this before, to hear a band on the radio, if that's exclusively how you know them, you've never seen them play, you definitely didn't see them play when they were just starting. You, They're already on the radio, so they're kind of a bigger one now. But thinking about how, in your mind, how different that could be. Mm-hmm. The yeah, yeah, yes, watching them play, and Karen O, her personality on stage is like mildly different than what I imagined from hearing like just their CD when I listened to it. It reminded me a lot of what it probably was like during the 70s at CBGB's when Blondie and Iggy Pop and the Ramones were just all little bands playing a small local club. No one knew who they were. They had friendships. They hung out outside of the bands. They kind of collaborated and inspired each other. And then to see this happening with bands that now headline music festivals while they were still those unknown bands in New York yeah. City was really exciting. Yeah. Which I think goes to a little bit to what you were saying. No, for sure. It's really interesting to think. I'm like now immediately thinking of other bands I like. I'm like, what were they like when they were playing in clubs? Yeah. What were their performances like? Is it different? I consider myself an LCD sound system fan, DFA Records, and the singer James Murphy. I learned something new in this documentary about him that I'll share in the second part of our podcast. It's one of my favorite cliffhangers we've ever had. Oh, right. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk a lot more about this film and James Murphy and the cliffhanger. 
Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we're back. All right. Here's my cliffhanger. Well, you got to see a lot of open mic nights in New York City footage from this, which is really exciting. Kind of what you said. I really enjoyed watching Karen O and her philosophy of how she acts on stage. Yeah. She is not like that kind of person in real life. But when she got on stage, she was just doing whatever she wanted. Wild. And I really, really love that. But James Murphy before he formed DFA Records, was really trying to help produce all these bands. And he was really kind of bossy. And he was really kind of injecting his own opinions on what all these bands should sound like. And I think finally someone, I forgot if it was like a dude from The Strokes, they're like, just why don't you make your own flipping record, dude? (laughs) And that inspired him to start LCD Sound System, which maybe if everyone was just listening to his producer suggestions LCD sound system wouldn't have started but it yeah. also then explains why he was so awkward on stage because he never intended to be a lead singer of a band it's interesting you mentioned that because every time they showed him I'm like well that can't be the front man like that's not the guy that is gonna and then when he finally formed his band I'm like you look like an editor or like an IT guy yeah like you don't look mm-hmm. like what I imagine is a front man to a rock band would be mm. yeah but he did he did it in the first 10 minutes, they just they just gave you so much of these bands in their early days that I think I loved this. Yeah. It's hard for me to watch a music documentary that I don't love. I can usually find something really good about it. They featured some bands that aren't around anymore that I love from back in the day, like The Rapture. Are Moldy Peaches still around? You know, that's a good question. I think Kimia just put out something solo. I don't know how much they do together. I think it was actually a big deal... They did some movie soundtrack music, and then they went on tour. Could be three years ago, could be a decade ago, and that was kind of a big deal. I know they came to Milwaukee, but don't know if their multi-peaches are doing anything right now. Huh. But they're definite, like, art rock. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I had heard the name multi-peaches, and Kimya looked very familiar. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've seen you, but probably not in concert, probably in some other venue. And so I was like, I don't, I vaguely know of you, but I'd never heard their music before. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. And they talk a lot about the whole journey of the strokes. Like you said, was one of the bigger Mm -hmm. bands that were huge success. And there was a lot of drama in that whole journey that they had. Yeah. A lot of drama with the different musicians really kind of fighting for their voices to be heard. Some, I mean, it's not a surprise, right? Sex, drugs and rock and roll is kind of a story, but all the problems that Albert Hammond Jr. was having with his substance abuse during the band. But now, you know, he's flash forward 20 some years. He's still making music. He seems like he's gotten his act together. He's still alive, which is wonderful because I think there was some alluding to the fact that people were really worried about him. Oh yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) So it's really nice to kind of know that he made it through that journey and to see the struggles because that happens a lot in rock and roll. But also a big part of the story, if you're talking about New York City in 2001, that played a big part in this documentary as well, September 11th. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And that's the only thing that I was confused about when I was watching this. Well, actually, two things. Here's my two confusions. Mm-hmm. When I was reading a lot about the film, 
it always said against the backdrop of 9-11 right. in New York City. And then 9-11 happens. And then while all these bands are growing and doing their thing, but then it just sort of goes away. So mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't really set against the backdrop. It was just a thing that happened and they talk about it in the documentary, but it didn't, it wasn't like peppered throughout, I guess. No, that was an interesting way to market it because it definitely wasn't set against the backdrop of that. But there were some, I mean, undeniable things that quintessentially changed people, especially the ones living in New York. And I found the footage of, I think it was the strokes out in the streets. Yeah. Like just kind of stunned and picking up garbage and stuff. It's, oh gosh. Yeah. That that like put me, that took me to a place I wasn't expecting really. Yeah. They did dip their toes a little bit into the storytelling of how the songs were written after and you know the themes of the songs from yeah. some of these bands after September 11th compared to what they were making before. And I think part the biggest part of that for me was Interpol starting yeah. and then their beginnings. I've always really 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 loved them. I watched this a couple weeks ago and I feel like I'm missing some important details but recommend if you like these bands you're going to want to see this yeah. movie i was reading some reviews not everyone thought it was really great some people didn't think they dove deep enough into what the bands were doing but i thought it was yeah. a good overview and it had some interesting facts for even yeah super fans yeah it was great even for me for who someone's not super into it i was like oh this is fascinating mm-hmm. i was very fascinated the footage they have is really deep like deep dives into it's just amazing that Maybe it was like that was the era where people started filming everything. I think it where was. It's like, yeah, everyone starts mm-hmm. to just, okay, we got to film everything. So, but it was a real good trove of stuff that they had. The only thing that made me literally angry and kind of shouting at the movie was the fact that the filmmakers, and maybe he was a big part of the book, because this was based on a actual acclaimed book that Lizzie Goodman wrote. Oh. But- Ryan Adams has had a lot of problems in the last couple of years. Honestly, did he need to be in this film? Well, it's interesting you say that because I was going to bring it up earlier. I feel it's rare that a documentary ever has a villain. And it genuinely (laughs) felt that when because when you're talking about the stroke story and how he kind of insinuated himself a little bit into those guys. It's like, oh, this genuinely feels like you have like a villain kind of stepping into a documentary. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's done some real shady and terrible stuff. And then to see this, which was a different thing. I didn't know Mm -hmm. about him kind of having a bad influence on one of the guys. It was like, I mean, it it was annoying to see him, but then also I laughed thinking, I'm, you know, you've got a, you've got an antagonist in here. Thank you for making the glass half full because I like that now. (laughs) And it could have used more TV on the radio, but who knows why it didn't. I saw them. I was in the same room with them once. The only time I've ever been in the green room at the Pabst. Mm-hmm. And they were just sitting. They were, one of them was playing a video game. The other one was having chili, I think. Were you like, hey, guys. No, I did not say a word to them. <laughs> you just, <laughs> was just creepy. Like, I know you. And then I moved on. Oh, yeah. you just didn't sit in there and stare at them? No, no. Well, Tariq Moody has the TV on the radio claim to fame around here because oh, yeah. he did an interview in their early days and is really cool. That's great. Oh, wait, my, my last confusion about the movie is why is it called Meet Me in the Bathroom? I never really got that, except maybe Meet Me in the Bathroom so we could... Do drugs? Yeah, that's what I thought <laughs> it was. That was ju- my I mean, Obviously, it seems drugs. like a drug reference, but they never really... I mean, there's drugs in this documentary, but just in one particular yeah. like th- like storyline. So, But you know what? 
It's fine. Have we talked about that? We've talked about that before. When you're watching a movie and a character says the titular. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like now hoot and holler. <laughs> and I was waiting for it. And no one said meet no one me, said in, the meet me in the bathroom ever. And I was like, I think I know why you're calling the whole documentary that. That's what is weird is if it isn't reference to drugs, the whole documentary is very little about drugs. There's just a little bit about it. Right. So That's, it's you know a what? good documentary to watch with maybe your younger music fans that love this music. Because yeah. you don't have to like really explain a whole lot to them afterwards, except for maybe September 11th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hopefully they're familiar. Except most of you, yeah, most of your kids were born after that, so. What we want to ask our Instagram folks. Oh, yeah. This this week, what band do you love and you would love to see a documentary about? That is a good question because there's a lot of sweet, sweet music documentaries out there. I don't even know if I have... A band. I mean, I love the faint. They're smaller. There hasn't been a music documentary about them, but maybe about the electro clash music movement in general. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite bands of all time is the Cocteau Twins. And I, all my fault, I don't know a lot about them. Mm -hmm. I have never really done a deep dive, but I love, is that, would that be considered new wave? Is that considered new wave? Uh, new wave, dark wave. It's a little yeah. um, shoegazy. Yeah. Cure. Yeah. Um, Cocteau Twins, that era. Yeah. I would love to know more about that. This Mortal Coil. It's funny. Oh, I, this I was, Mortal Coil. I was yeah. just speaking with one of our <laughs> listeners, Patrick and Libby. Yeah. They just introduced one of their friends to the band Cocteau Twins. Their friend really? went wild and just like, give me more bands like this. Yeah. And so we're like, oh gosh, who oh, else? There really isn't. Yeah, this Mortal Coil is a good mm-hmm. a good one. But you're right. There's a lot of bigger acts that have their docs. Mm-hmm. But, and that's why this meeting in the bathroom is interesting because they're not like such. I mean, strokes were to a degree, but not like huge, iconic superstars, mm-hmm. which are obviously going to have some docs about them. David Bowie, Aretha Franklin. Right. What are those mit, What are those bands that haven't got that level of king, but you're so you would love to know more about? You're so passionate about them. Well, I'm really excited, Christopher, because. I'm guessing that at least a few people listening to this right now aren't familiar with Cocteau Twins yeah. or maybe The Faint, and we'll go check out the music yeah, now. Absolutely. So look at us. Uh, what else have you been watching? What have we been watching? I'm going to kind of break the rules here a little yeah. bit. I want to talk about Rihanna's Super Bowl <laughs> halftime performance. I loved it. Yeah. She did something that no one else does, and I saw some people criticizing her for it. Mm. She didn't have any guest stars. Oh, yeah. Special. And, you know, while the anticipation is always like you, like an M. Night movie, you're waiting for the twist. Yeah, right. Like a Super Bowl halftime show, you're waiting for the special guest. She never brought one out, but that's okay because what she did to me was beautiful and it was art. I've never seen. Did you watch it? I did not. No. So maybe by now you've seen. So she was on some platforms. I've seen some photos that yeah. were elevated, like 
three, four stories above the field. Oh, wow. And they would move into different patterns. And the top of the platforms were like uh, mirrors and they were reflective. So beyond that whole like wide shots of all of that happening, the way they filmed the close ups were with drones. And the fact that these drones were flying around gave you a view of the Super Bowl halftime performance that was really artistic. Oh, that's really neat. And I appreciated that. But what have you been watching these last couple days? I recently watched big tonal shift here. I watched a movie and it's way past the holidays, but I watched a movie called Violent Night. We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! Starring David Harbour as Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. John Leguizamo is Scrooge. It is a very violent comedy, action comedy about Santa Claus, who's real, and he's helping to battle some thieves and murderers. <laughs> I mean, the, the kids need their gifts. They if do. Santa's got to get tough. He Santa's got to get this, tough. Speaking of gore, there was a lot of gore in this. Wait, what, what year was this from? This is just last year. Ooh. Came out last year. Uh, I think it was mostly just online. But I was surprisingly entertained by this. I thought it was going to be stupid. I just kind of had it on because I thought oh, it's a funny concept. It's really entertaining. It's very funny. It's very dark. It is not a ch- it's not a family film. Would it fit into my craptastic movie night? Yes, though I don't know. I don't know if I would call it crappy. I mean, it's mm. it's intended to be silly. Yeah, intended to be over the top. Yeah, but I found it pretty funny. Well, I look forward to reading people's um, responses on Instagram to our question: What band have, would you love to yeah. see a documentary about? Absolutely, check us out on Instagram at Cinebuds Podcast. And a big thank you to Kiri Salinas for producing our show. The theme song done by Brett Newski. Mwah. Yeah, chef's kiss to you and to all of our members, everyone at Radio Milwaukee and everyone at Milwaukee Film. We thank you so much for your support. We get to do fun stuff like this because of you. I know, absolutely. We hope you enjoy it. Before we go, though, can we just give a little shout out? The Milwaukee Film Festival is coming up soon. Oh, that's true. It's just around the corner. Absolutely. April 20th. That's 420 for those of you who only use numbers uh, through May 5th 15 straight days of movies tickets and passes uh, are on sale now and the full list of movies uh, that we're going to show will be revealed in like early to mid April so keep an eye out for that and is there a chance there could be a Cinebuds live there is a chance look I don't want to say anything it's not confirmed but there could we could be Cinebuds live again this year. We'll see. You heard it here first. We're doing it. You did. We're we're locked in. We're locked in. (laughs) We'll see you all soon. Bye.